Oh, hey, welcome back to Dr. Me First, a podcast all about authentic conversations between us female physicians. As always, I'm your super sassy host, Dr. Erin Wiseman, your colleague in medicine and your coach in life. And so as your life coach, I hope to bring you encouragement, inspiration, hope, and fun to your life and your practice. Through all these conversations that I'm having with our female colleagues, I hope that you see that you are no longer alone in medicine. This really has become a community of truth-speaking, life-saving, and fierce females who want to support and lift each other up. So I'm super excited to get into episode number 51 today. In today's episode, I talk with Dr. Karina Hopin. She is a primary care physician, she's a mother of three, she's a previous flight surgeon, and she's amazing. Her word today is inspiration, and she specifically talks about her youngest daughter who was born at 26 weeks. She talks all about what that brought out in her as a mom, but even more so as a physician. I really think you're going to love our conversation today, so go ahead, listen, and don't forget, afterwards, stick around for our kick of encouragement. Okay, here we go. I am back again with another fun female physician who has also become my virtual friend. I'm so excited to have Dr. Karina Hopin with me today. Let me just go ahead and have her tell you all a little bit about herself. All right. So I'm Karina Hopin. I am a mom of three, a wife, an artist, and I'm also a family physician who was trained in the Navy. I'm really, in the last few years, I've been very passionate about just self-care and well-being and also trying to extend that um, idea to my colleagues as well in healthcare because we so desperately need it. We do. We just, we need real health care or real self-care, not manicures, not yoga on Friday afternoons. Like we need the stuff that really fills our freaking cups up. Don't you agree? Right. I do. I do. And it's nice to have that person who not only says it, but like is truly believing it and walking the talk and walking the walk and just understanding and, and kind of realizing as you're working with other people whether it's in your social networks or in your work community being able to really feel what they're feeling and and you try you really do understand that empathy part and when you start to notice different things and and something's a little off with for example um a co-worker and just saying hey you know what's going on you know everything going okay and sometimes that little tidbit can get you quite a bit that you may not have expected but it's what they needed it's it's that little um extra second that can really get in touch um and and kind of have that connection going you know Um, and and i do that with friends too too is is that's where i find that we're so hurting in healthcare is everybody is so bunkered down they don't even have the emotional energy to look outside when you walk past that colleague who obviously has the red puffy eyes and has been crying you know, and like, that's what I see is our huge culture issue is that we are all trying to put out our own fires. We can't even help people. Yes. No, no, no. And then because I think really in, in our training, we're, 
that's what we were bred to do is be strong don't be weak um don't have any emotions and just you you're the doctor so you have to kind of present yourself and you're in control but really i mean are we do we feel we have such inner turmoil um and i think to to kind of go to my 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 word i didn't really understand how um, the medical culture had molded me into that person until I had my 26 weeker who actually had her birthday this past Sunday, yesterday, fourth birthday. And so she's my inspiration. And I, I think of the word inspiration in two sense is one, she kind of sparked, reignited something in me that I, I had long forgot. And that was the artist in me. But then the other thing was she helped inspire really breathe in a new sense of what it meant to be a doctor and to be in medicine so she was my inspiration in that she kind of showed me that even in her darkest moment and being 26 weeks and she was 638 grams so under an, a pound and a half i remember distinctly looking at the isolate and just at that age there was a, it, it was still trying my body was still trying to figure out what had happened because i was pregnant i wasn't very pregnant and now i'm not pregnant and to see her and i remember thinking i was thinking like a doctor and i was thinking like um, she's 26 weeks. She's under a pound and a half. She's so micro preemie and she's got all these tubes and her vents doing this and that. And it wasn't until I think 24, 48 hours later where I started to realize I'm not her doctor. What happened? I should be thinking in terms of being a mom and having that hope. And I was, I was definitely like doctor mindset. And I, I had to tell myself, you either need to back off and not be Dr. Hopin and you just have to be her mom or you just have to just kind of take things as it is. And so it was more a, a process of being who I was at that moment and I was her mom. And through this like six month journey of her being in the hospital, she she was discharged at six months of um, age. Um, I realized that I had to kind of do some unpacking of um, the things that I thought was being good about a doctor, and then realizing that I could be different roles, and I I, I shouldn't be taking home um, my doctor shit, um, and I shouldn't be taking. I have to have that kind of um, be able to share my family life with my coworkers and and patients, but then there's there's that balance too. And so it, I think it where I was, I was kind of leaning heavy towards the doctor, and then the the family life it was it it was short changed. And so now there's a little bit more of this. I know when I'm supposed to be a doctor. I know when I'm supposed to be a mom. And it has to. It really has to be that equilibrium where I'm truly who I am and and not feel like I'm shortchanging one over the other she she definitely I, I learned quite a bit and having that balance of being mom and being doctor and I use that example for anybody who's kind of struggling and I, I offer that up as like a, a way to say that 
we all have our internal challenges that I found it that it was nice to be able to start sharing that and opening that up and having that as a, um, a bridge for other people to start to open up and, and realize that we're all um, with medicine it's just such a difficult we're, we're sometimes in this um, little bubble uh, but we're not really we all have our different um, experiences but when it comes to comes down to it it's all the same where um, we, sometimes we can't we don't think that we can share our story um, and and I, I definitely feel like we all have stories that it's worth sharing even with our patients I think our patients really appreciate having that um, feeling like there's this human connection rather than this doctor patient connection I think so too and I think I think that's part of the unpacking first you have to say like what you did like I'm not the doctor in this situation, so who am I? Yeah. And like after you go through that, then identifying your roles. Okay, in this position, I am mommy. In this position, I am Dr. Hopin. And then I think the next step through that all is like you talked about, having you flow through all of that. Like yeah. Having who you truly are flow through the office, patient encounters, school pickup, grocery store, hanging with your best friends. I think that's when I knew I had gotten to a point of like, oh, this is where we're supposed yeah. to be at. Not guarding ourselves, not dissecting our own heart out and then trying to like put it in, take it out, put it in, take it out in different right. situations. I think that's the point that you so eloquently put where I really want to get us as colleagues and as a culture of medicine to a place to be like, I am a person and I care about you and I know a lot of stuff because I am a doctor too. And yep. being able to carry your story, being able to be who you are in all situations is, I think is so important. I think that's where we need the healing of medicine so that people can show up as they are. I know I have this discussion yeah. all the time, like, what's professional and what's not because I have had a huge professional overhaul from when I thought I needed to dress a certain way as a doctor to how that changed or how yeah. I thought I needed to speak in the office even though you had that like sandpaper gritty feeling inside of you like oh this doesn't feel quite true or authentic to me to then living in that and speak right. my yeah. truth in all situations that it is a fine balance, but if a majority of us can then get to that point and be healthy enough and have that, gosh, just think what we could do impact wise in medicine. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's, it's amazing. And there's so much potential, but I think the, the part of it is um, we need to have not just our, our colleagues, but then stepping up and having like leaders give, understand that that's so important and give us the policies, the organization policies, and just really giving us the resources to be able to thrive. Um, and at, I was a medical director until recently where I stepped down. Um, and, a and I'm kind of in this transition phase, but as a medical director, I, I came back to um, after 
uh, my daughter was born and I pretty much started going back part-time initially, um, but I, I felt so renewed. I felt like, yeah, I now I understand my place in medicine, and it, it is, um, my goal was to really help my, um, my nursing staff and the other um, physicians in the clinic to start to embrace that, like, self-care is important and I'm not just saying that to say that but um, making some changes so that people really knew that as a leader I cared about them and I was listening to what they were saying and even though there were some things that I had no control over um, there are plenty that we did have control over and and trying to make that mind shift of let's not really be beat ourselves down on the stuff that we can't change because we have other things that we can do um, to impact and the things that we can change so really focusing our energy on that and not so much on the fact that you know even though we truly feel whatever needs to be changed, we can't do it. But hey, look at all the things that we have been able to do because of this energy. And so to, to have that one um, person um, to be supportive of um, a team in that fashion, I think that then uplifts the team and then they realize that they can be support to each other. So you don't originally, you don't necessarily need that, that one original person to start making change, but then more people are, feel more empowered to make change themselves. And so if we can do that at a higher level across the nation where um, medical leaders um, do appreciate what it means to, one, start with self-care and understanding yourself and um, realizing some things that probably weren't as um, empowering to you, um, making those changes and then and then kind of noticing your um, teammates and how you then can help them empower themselves, um, we could have a totally different healthcare system. Yeah, I think about um, servant leadership. You know, when it's not yeah. about pulling people along or it's not about getting them on board, but instead it's walking right next to them and helping shoulder some of their burdens and then when they're ready and they're strong enough giving it back to them and letting them take off i yeah. think that is that is what is going to really propel us in healthcare because um we're all in transition a little yeah. bit we're all looking for the place for which we can thrive and flourish and that doesn't take place in us in this particular hospital or in this office where it happens is when we can find that culture. When exactly. we are when we are heard, when um, we understand, you know, having um, very open, honest discussions, and then when we feel like we can play a part in the decision making and in the forward movement of the office, hospital, culture, whatever at large, that that is the magic that's going to change things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and then to have somebody that keeps it real, and if if I notice that somebody's having a bad day, you know, and to be honest to say, yeah, we all have our shit, what's going on, um, just 
if you address it and you find that you're really helping somebody kind of get through their tough days, it makes those tough days just that one moment in time versus a trend of every day being a tough day. Um, and I, I, I think it, the one thing that um, I really appreciated um, at least during my time as being medical director was um, seeing that transition where there were life wasn't like one big really tough day every day but there would be moments of having tough days um, but then there were moments of being able to feel like you've done something and you've contributed. And I, I think when you see that in a team and that shift, it really does inspire you to like continue to do what you want to, um, what you have been doing and helping empowering yourself, empowering other, other people, um, empowering your patients as well. I think that they were so um, impressed with just how I was able to um, come back feeling rejuvenated. A lot of my patients knew that I had a baby at a very, very tiny and um, very premature age. And I, I think they were a little bit um, hesitant to, to kind of offer up, uh, welcome back. Uh, you know, was that going to be awkward? And for me to just kind of be beaming with a smile, like I came back with gratitude and I know the importance of just um, having self-reflection and um, having this optimism um, and not unrealistic optimism, but just being able to um, see that there are, there are other ways of looking at things where you can be empowered and you can feel empowered. And even in that type of situation, um, rather than saying that my my baby was born at such a young age, um, but I kind of paint it as she has made great strides and she is way beyond what we ever thought she would ever be doing. And so she's really thrived in that situation. And they, they, they kind of have that change of mindset too, where, huh, if, um, Dr. Hoping could come back and feel like she's just ready to tackle the world now. Um, maybe I can write off that energy and um, we can we can get my diabetes under control, you know. And and so that was kind of a motivator for them too, and, and I think a little inspiration where um, what they thought was tough and they saw my situation as really tough. Um, it it was their way of saying, well, I guess we can all do our each each of us have our tough moments and let's just um use that example as a way to get me healthy so yeah i'm always open to using my my story my daughter's story is just more of a um a push to we can push through anything and especially together um it's always nice to have that community behind you to say you can do this you can you sometimes we don't see the strength that we have but others see it and to be able to be in that mirror um eventually others will see their strengths absolutely just as you were talking about um going back to when you were doing the leadership thing, the idea of a hamster wheel popped in my head. And so it's like you changing your office from a hamster wheel and instead to like a, a 
trail, a wooden trail that might be hard and have ups and downs, but you're moving. Whereas the hamster yeah. where you come in every day and you're doing the same squeaky thing over and over again. I think that's, there's just the illusion that popped in my head. And then as you're talking about your daughter, the one question that popped in into my head is, what do you think about her whole, you know, zero to six month experience that really shook you to inspiration? What was it? It it was the fact that when I trained, I twenty six weekers. There was just so many things that um, could go south, and and she just totally blew me away and said, "Nope, not me. I'm gonna do." what I'm going to do. And, and that was the other thing, looking at her through the isolate. And I, I also remember thinking, what a clean slate, like girls, women, with all these experiences, um, we end up getting these like self-limiting beliefs based on those experiences. And she comes out like, she doesn't know she's a preemie. She just knows to breathe, to um, eat and, and just be. And at that moment, I realized like, wow, she is just, she's a blank slate ready to, for anything really, because she doesn't know that she can't do anything. Um, she just knows what she needs to do, the basics. And for me, it was like, okay, I've, I've experienced this, this, and this, and this is, this has been the tough challenge and this is, you know, so a lot of my mental um, blocks and, and that just came over time. And I think part, a, a lot of it was um, just our medical culture. And that was because I felt like I was a doctor first and not realizing it that um, I needed to really start looking at how I've approached my thinking and, and, and kind of getting rid of some of that shit and, and just kind of thinking more like, okay, you, you're so many different things. Um, I really wanted to be an artist when I was younger, but my parents had told me artists don't, they can't pay the bills. Um, and so I took that as, okay, well, I guess I, I can't be an artist. I have to do something else, um, which I did. You know, I started pursuing more of like the sciences and that was because that pays the bills. Um, and her, having her um, actually brought me back to that artist in me because they, um, one of the things that the hospital did provide as kind of a, mo uh, a coping um, mechanism is art therapy. And, and so that was what I gravitated to was art therapy and just being, having that um, creativity. And that was my mode of really being mindful and just intuitively um, not going in with any type of preconception of what I wanted to make. I just wanted to create and letting my mind just guide me to what color or what, um, what, what type of medium I wanted to use. And then in that six month period of just 
weekly doing that, I, that's where I started to reconnect with who I originally wanted to be. And then kind of going through um, who I am now. And actually, it all makes sense. Like the, the dots connect. It's a little bit, it's not a straight line dot. Some of us have straight lines. Um, I have a very convoluted connection, but it's all connected. Um, and now I use, um, I, I do have um, this, I call it mind, muse, and movement. So um, every day I want to do something that can kind of really rejuvenate my brain. Um, and so I, I like um, reading different things, not so much fiction, but um, things about happiness, how to be, um, what are, what are some daily practices that we can do to, um, maintain our happiness and to, um, enjoy. Um, uh, it, and then Muse is more of that artistic, um, creative person in me. Um, I at least take five to 10 minutes, um, to either doodle or paint or do something and it doesn't really take that much time and then movement whether it's exercise or doing tai chi um, i was fortunate enough to be able to instructor certification to do tai chi and those three things whether it's a total of 15 minutes for all of those things a day really helps kind of balance who i am um, it gets my creativity it gets my brain and then it gets my body moving um, and out of all of that i did create a nonprofit foundation um, named after my daughter um, tani jade inspirations um, what i do is i, I basically provide a, ba a, a safe space um, for people who want to get into that creative side and if they have a little bit of healing um, and to do then that that's an opportunity to do that I've kind of backed away a little bit from it um, because I'm I'm trying to see where my priorities lie as far as um, that foundation but then in in doing that, I've really found that the self-care um, piece is, is kind of weighing a little bit more. And I want to, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with that. And I mentioned um, I've been a wellness coach for um, a couple of years and then recently um, studied life coaching. And so do I want to eventually move towards more of a wellness life coaching type practice, um, entrepreneur type um, deal? I don't know yet. I'm, and like I said, I'm in a transition. So I have this opportunity where I can actually think about still get paid and do um, medicine, but um, it offers me a little bit more time to think about what I want to do, whether it's, um, a side gig or eventually branch off in something else. So um, it, when I'm, as I'm talking about it now, I'm just kind of realizing what a difference four years ago um, when she was born to now, how I've really, um, just my way of thinking about myself and my career has evolved. And it's always, um, I don't think that there's ever been like a, a stumbling block. And I, I purposely use words that don't use failure because I think with failure, um, there's this idea that you didn't learn anything. 
and I think you could still learn from stumbling blocks or um, what we call mistakes because you, then you learn that nope, that wasn't the right thing to do. That wasn't that wasn't in my path. Um, this is I have to look at this situation differently and see what was what would be a better path for me to choose. And so you're you're empowered um, and you're always presented with decisions and some decisions just may not be what you were supposed to do and you have to figure out what what you need to do and that's all the learning process and the growing absolutely so both literally and figuratively I hate turning around like yeah like if I get in a city or I'm out in the woods and I like get down the wrong path the inner part of me is like just figure it out keep going forward right but that is something that I have had to learn in my journey is that sometimes it's like hey this isn't your path you got to <clears> turn around and go back now, at least you know the way back because you right. went forward on it, but I hate backtracking. And I think many women in our space are the same way. We're like, no, we're going to figure it out. You know, you just put your head down or get the map out and like go off trail to find where you're going. But that's so, such a good point is that in your journey, if you look back and you map out where you've been, it makes sense. And yes, there are times where it's like, this is not my path. I've got to backtrack or I've got to pivot or I've got to find a different way. And we should be allowing ourselves the space to say, this is not my path. And then be okay with being like, but I'm going to go find another one. Right, right. Yeah. And, make, and then make the easier path that way. Right. Don't go bushwhacking like right. I like to do and get chiggers. <laughs> But sometimes even your path that you did you did not intend to go down, if you didn't go down that path, you probably wouldn't have discovered something about yourself. And so that was the other thing was, you know, I, I don't think I would ever say I would do it all over again, but I, I would say that there was so many things I learned my, about myself in the process. Um, and sometimes we forget about, we, we want to know what the end result is, but the process is so important. And when we really do kind of appreciate that process, there can be so many things, so many jewels that we totally would not have realized about ourselves. Yeah. Um, the, the, the trip through medicine. I know that's a big question right now in the world is like, if you could go back in time, would you go, would you do this career in medicine again? And it's not just like a yes, no answer. No. Yeah. Because you know, it's like, no, I wouldn't do it because of all the hurts. But then again, yes, I would do it because look of what I learned. Look where I am now look where I can go because of the experiences and because of the lessons that I learned. Yeah. So I think that's, you're right. It's not a fair question. It's just like with your daughter, you know, would you have another 26 weeker? Hell no. No. But yes, you would because you yeah. love her and, and yeah. she is who she is be, and you are who you are because of her. Yes. Yes. And she is such a, she's a spitfire. She is. And I always say, well, I guess you earned it because you've just been in the hospital and just having to do all those procedures and everything. And she comes out, she's really, I, I think of the word bossy differently now because her, her, her sister and her brother, um, my daughter is 10 and um, my son is nine and then she's four. 
but she bosses them around like she is just miss i know everything and and we kind of are like yeah she's bossy's not bad being a little girl and boss she's like leader material already she just right yeah she is my favorite instagram square is like may my child uh, lead a a, uh, fortune 500 company and not a gang in prison because i see the same thing in my kids too well if our listeners are just loving what you're talking about and like you're about your foundation and stuff like that where can they go find more out about you I'm everywhere. Um, basically, I have a, a website, thrivingmama.com, and then I'm on Instagram at thrivingmamamd. Actually, thrivingmamamd.com. Um, and Instagram, thrivingmamamd. Um, I have a Facebook page, same thing. Um, I'm on Twitter, uh, Karina Hopin. You can look me up that way. So I'm everywhere. I'm really trying to be that, be that physician to start to be more in the social space and putting out good information and more so of just empowering yourself being that person to to be able to take care of yourself so you can take care of other people you love as well well i'm so glad to have you as a medical colleague but also as a coaching colleague i know that we just started a new group together called coaching circle so if there are any other life coaches wellness coaches health coaches that are also physicians We love to have everybody jump in this group together because we are really like binding arms and, and supporting one another in this space because we are recognizing that coaching is going to change healthcare. So I am so glad that you're a founding member and coaching circle. And I just want to invite any and all listeners who are like, well, I'm a coach and a doctor. You just email me and we'll get you involved in the group. Yay. Yes. We're so excited. Um, I, I think we had our first group and it, we, it, it seemed like it was just, again, so inspirational. Inspiration. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. It was inspirational. To be with like, like-minded women and to really be honest and to dive into some of those discussions that we may not have been able to do with, um, other colleagues or friends because there's just that that special connection that we all have absolutely well thank you so much for coming thank on the podcast you. and i'll see you in coaches circle soon yeah wasn't that such a great conversation about inspiration i hope that dr hope and sharing her story maybe brought up some stuff in your own life where you see that you are taking home the doctor shit So many times we do this and we don't even realize it and we're not educated on how to handle this. We're taught all about diabetes and what kind of antibiotics we should use and what's the proper suturing technique. But when has anybody ever said, hey, this is what you need to do to not bring your physician shit home with you. This is how you need to unwind for your day. This is what you need to do to keep yourself healthy and whole to be both a great physician and a great person. Well, I'm going to do that for you today with this sense of, in, of encouragement. So one practice that I think is really important is to have clearly defined boundaries of when you're shifting in time. 
because then you can be totally present in your job then when it's time to transition have a little plan or ritual that you go through so that you can transition then to home and you can be fully home so one of the things that I like to do when I was working in the ER was that I literally would change my clothes I would wear my scrubs to the hospital but I would bring a change of clothes whether it's some workout clothes or if it was late at night even my pajamas whatever but I would make sure that I would purposely take off the outfit that I wore that day during that shift and have an actual shift in my appearance to what I was becoming it was huge the other practice that I would do is to text my husband I'm on my way home or something along those lines each and every time I was leaving the hospital one it was a check-in for him to know that I had my long commute coming up and that if he hadn't heard from me in a little while then to you know get the police and start looking in the ditches but it was also a way for me to check in and be like yes I am fully coming home I know there are some physicians that will listen to a specific song or um, if they have an album they like to listen to as they are coming home there's other people who will maybe say a mantra to themselves. Another thing to go and check through is just to make sure you've got all of your to-dos, all of your baggage, all of your energy drains cut off from the day from your physician position. Now, I know sometimes we can't always do this. You know, we've got to be on call or, you know, we're waiting for results to come in that are going to be after hours. Totally understandable. But 95% of the time, we need to get things wrapped up and finished up. And this is also an area that I work a lot with physicians in is to creatively think, what else can I do besides just dropping everything, leaving it on my desk, and then it piling up for tomorrow? So this is where you can ask for help. This is where you can get creative. This is a great place we jump in with coaching. But what I specifically want you to think about in the kick of encouragement is just to identify those areas. What is it that is hanging on to you that feels like it's on your back that you cannot get off? Those are really important to identify because then you'll know how to work through those. And then the last tip that I want to give you for how to not take home your doctor shit is to decide how you want to show up when you come home. I think it's really important. You know, do you want to show up as mom? Do you want to just show up as yourself? Is there something else that you need to do for yourself to help yourself show up, cut all of the attachments and not bring home your doctor shit? All right, so that's my kick of encouragement for that. So here's your homework. One, do those, see where your attachments are, see where you're bringing stuff home, and then maybe starting to work through how you can change that. But two, your homework is, we talked a little bit during the conversation about our journeys and about the question of, would you do it again? It's not as simple as a yes or no. It's like yes and no. What I want you to do is really take some time and retrospectively think and map out your journey in life. Get a piece of paper, put the top, and write my journey in life. And it can either be um, sentences, paragraphs where you're telling your story. Maybe it's just jotting notes down with bullet points. Maybe it's drawing little pictures of little stick people and different things, you whatever it is. I want you to look back and I want you to visibly map out your journey and see your twists and turns, your mountains, your valleys, your hard points, your triumphs, all of it. Because I think it's really important to acknowledge that the path from where we were to where we are now is not a straight line. So how is our future, how do we perceive that as a straight line? 
totally unrealistic. And it's also really important that when you map out your journey, you can see maybe some of those special points. Maybe you had some miracle moments. Maybe something that you thought was an utter and total failure at the time, looking at it now, you see it was the best freaking thing to ever happen to you. All right, so that's your homework. That's your encouragement. That's our conversation for today. Here's for your extra credit. I recently redesigned my new homepage on Truth Prescriptions, truthrxs.com. I would love for any and every one of you to go over there and check it out and give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. Totally good, totally bad, whatever. I just want you to look at it and let me know what your first thoughts are. Because when you're doing your own website design and you're a department of one, sometimes things start to slur together and you just lost yourself in it. So check it out for me and let me know what you think by either emailing me or checking in with me on Instagram. All right, guys, it's been so great hanging out with you today. I've loved bringing you this podcast. And I just want to remind you, like I always do, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Bye. Bye.